uh, tonight. Uh, so I just want to encourage you guys, turn your Bibles with me uh, to John, John chapter 1. Uh, let me know when you get to John chapter 1 by saying, holla. And if you aren't there yet, let me know by saying, hold up. Hold up. I got some hollas and hold ups. I got some holla ups. I don't know what a holla up is. Uh, sounds like an evil vegetable. Uh, but for all you holla ups out there, uh, it's like a turnip and a jalapeno. Uh, keep flipping in your pages. We're going to do a little bit of review. Uh, our current series that we're going through uh, is titled, I Saw the Light. Uh, and we're talking about Jesus. Uh, amen for talking about Jesus in church, right? Okay, that's good. Uh, and we're going through the book of John. Uh, like I told you four weeks ago when we started, uh, I've been studying the book of John, just been like really wanting to preach it in our youth group, we wanting to preach it with you guys, but haven't really felt like it's time to preach it. Uh, but after a year of studying, it's time to preach it, and uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, so we've been going through it for three weeks. This is week four. Uh, the first week, we really just talked about uh, who John was in order to do a good Bible study uh, and a long Bible study. you got to know who's preaching uh, and who's writing and who's uh, telling the story, when they were doing it all, uh, why they were doing it all, and what it was all about. So we looked at who John was. So if you're taking notes, uh, which I would encourage you guys to take notes tonight, not because I think I have anything good to say. Uh, I just know I have really bad jokes that you don't want to write down. Uh, but, hey, be nice, be nice. Uh, but I know God's Word has some really good stuff for us and some good points uh, that we can learn from. So I encourage you to take notes. Uh, the first week's message was titled Beloved, uh, and we are talking about John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, the next week, we talked about John, chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, and we looked at what it means uh, when it says the Word. We looked at uh, the Greek word logos, and we looked at who that is and how that's Jesus. And so we really broke down uh, all of that combined in there. And then last week our sermon was titled Divinity, and we broke down uh, really who is Christ, who is Jesus. And we looked at the divine nature of Christ and how we can know unequivocally that he is God. Um, and so we've been in the book of John for three weeks and we haven't even made it past verse 1. Uh, so it is my duty as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to move us along. And uh, we are going to get all the way up to 35 tonight. Uh, three weeks, one verse. One week, 34 verses. We're going to do it. So if you guys have your Bibles, uh, open to John chapter 1. Let me know by saying holla. All right, you guys are all there. Here we go. Uh, we're going to read, and I'm going to read verse 1 just to remind you all what it says. Uh, but bear with me as I read. Um, Wesley, I know I didn't drink water last week. Wesley counted for me. He brought me a cup of water, uh, like I, he does. Is, is there not? There's a jug of airs. I can like put water in the jug. That's okay. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm good. He he brought me a cup like a good man. I picked it up and set it down 18 times and never took a sip. Uh, it's kind of like a comfort thing, and so I'll just comfort with the Bible. Uh, let's read, guys. Bear with me as we go through this. John chapter one, verse one. It says this: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And in Him was light, and the light was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's like three sermons in there, but we're going to do it all in one night. Uh, okay, uh, there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. 
That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. You guys kind of tracking why the series title is I Saw the Light. We're talking about the light here. Uh, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. And he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This is he whom I said, he comes after me and is preferred before me. For he was before me, and of his fullness we all have received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten of the Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. We're only going to go through verse 18 tonight. How's that? Yeah, because there's too much in there. And uh, I didn't want to have you guys sit here for three hours because um, I really do have a few sermons in there. So uh, we're going to just do that and we're going to pray and then we're going to get started. Sound good? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is living and active. Uh, God, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, God, cutting through uh, the bone and the marrow down to the soul and the spirit. God, we thank you that your word convicts us. God, that you by your Holy Spirit use your word to convict us. Uh, God, we thank you that your word inspires us. So God, tonight we are just praying that your word would inspire us. God, we would be uh, inspired by who you are, uh, by God, by what have you done. Uh, God, we pray that we would be encouraged. We thank you that your word encourages us. Uh, God, that we would be built up in our most holy faith. Your word tells us that um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God, we just pray that our faith would be built up tonight. God, and lastly... We thank you that your word challenges us. Uh, God, and I pray that each and every single one of us would be challenged. Uh, God, to look at the world differently. God, to look at one another differently. Uh, God, and to understand who you are and what you have us to do. Uh, God, I just pray that tonight none of these would be my words, uh, but God, that, that you would speak through. Uh, God, I just pray, uh, God, that I would lay my ego aside, uh, my, my own pride, my own desires. Uh, but God, may... May your perfect word come through. May I not be able to get anything that is not of me out of my mouth, uh, God. And if I do, may it fall on deaf ears. Um, but God, we want we want your word uh, tonight. So God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's saints said, Amen. 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 All right. So we do have a lot to to go over tonight, and uh, sometimes, uh, rarely, we go uh, kind of with the topical study, and we've been doing a topical study for the last three weeks. Uh, and I am very much not a topical uh, teacher. Um, I like going verse by verse and breaking things down. Uh, and so we're going to go verse by verse tonight, if that's okay. Is that okay with you guys? All right, raise your hand if you want verse by verse. No, don't raise your hand because I'm doing it anyways. All right, uh, pick it up at verse 2. Pick it up at verse 2. It says, He was in the beginning with God. We all know, or if you've been paying attention, or if you just look at the verse before it, uh, the He here is referring to the Word. Okay, and so if you were here in the last two weeks, or maybe you have a little bit of Bible trivia knowledge, uh, who is the Word? Jesus. Say it a little bit louder. Jesus. Yeah, the Word is Jesus. So, verse 2 reads, Jesus was in the beginning with God. And I made this just a little bit of a point last week, uh, but I just want to reiterate how big of a point this is. Uh, it does not say, um, from the beginning, He was with God. 
It doesn't say uh, at the beginning he was with God. It says in the beginning. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, that's not really even a big deal. It's just semantics. It's the English language. Uh, but no, because there are people who believe that Jesus was created. Uh, that's last week's sermon, so if you want more on that, uh, get the recording. But uh, it is very imperative that we know that Jesus has always been. Okay, Jesus is God. Okay, the Trinity, three in one. Okay, uh, Jesus is God and has been since the very beginning. It is paramount to our faith. It is paramount uh, to our creed. It is paramount to what we believe. Uh, and if we claim to be a follower of Christ, if we claim to be a Christian, we have to be absolute in that Jesus is God and has been since the beginning. Verse 2 lays that out for us, as with the rest of Scripture. Uh, but let's move on to verse 3. It says this, All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Alright, so this is pretty cool. So, Jesus was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. Now, you might be asking yourself... Well, I've read the Bible, um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, didn't God the Father do the creating? Uh, and the answer to that is yes, very much so. Uh, God did the creating, and Jesus was the architect by which he did the creating. Does that make sense? God spoke it forth, and Jesus is in the creation process. Okay, so for anyone who says Jesus was created, no, he isn't. He was involved in the creation process. We all tracking with that? Uh, And this is cool because it says, uh, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Now, that's a lot of maids, uh, and they weren't cleaning a house. Uh, Like I said, I have bad jokes. Okay, no. Uh, But Jesus made everything, and anything that you see, anything, from Cordy's shirt to the tree that's right out there to the road you drove on today, um, well, the road, the materials that made the road, uh, all that is created by Jesus. And that's pretty cool because some people, even in the church, they're like, well, you know, we really don't need the Old Testament because it's like a new covenant and Jesus came and it's all about Jesus and it's all about Jesus and it's all about Jesus, which it is all about Jesus. But they say, yeah, you know, the Old Testament is just a bunch of rules, it's a bunch of regulations, it really doesn't talk about Jesus much in there. We're Christians, Jesus Christ followers, so all we need is the New Testament. But this verse debunks that whole Line of thought, because Jesus was involved in the beginning. And thus, since Jesus was involved in the beginning, he's been throughout. Okay, And Jesus, if you haven't done a study of Jesus in the Old Testament, I would encourage you uh, greatly, I greatly would encourage you, uh, I would exhort you to use a big fancy Bible word, uh, to go and study Jesus in the Old Testament. It is ridiculously crazy how perfect God is. Uh, can we do something because he was in the beginning? So we're gonna just, I'm just going to do this. This is fun. Turn with me if you will to Genesis chapter 5. This is crazy. Uh, this is how perfect God is. I'm blown away every day when I read God's word by how perfect he is just because of his scripture. So Genesis chapter 5. I'm going to read it. I'm going to really butcher some names. Uh, but I want you to tell me at the end of this uh, where Jesus is. Okay, so check this out. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female, and blessed them and called them mankind. And in the day uh, they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness and after his image. And he named him Seth. 
And after he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Adam, uh, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Sorry, I'm reading this fast, so I just want to hit on a few things. Uh, Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. After he begot Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. And after he begot Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years. And he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. Canaan lived 70 years and begot Mahalalel, the first Hawaiian in the Bible. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, after he begot Mahalalel, Canaan lived 840 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and then he died. Mahalalel lived in Hawaii. No, Mahalalel lived 65 years and begot Jared. I got a few laughs. That was good. And Jared, uh, and he begot Jared. And Mahalalel lived uh, 830 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and then he died. Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. And after he begot Enoch, he lived 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years, and then he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 100 years, uh, uh, for 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and then he was not, for God had taken him. Methuselah lived 187 years uh, and begot Lamech. And after he begot Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. And then he died, and Lamech lived 182 years and had a son. And he called the name of his son Noah, saying, This one will comfort us concerning the work of the toil of our hands, because the ground which the Lord has cursed. So, interesting portion of scripture. Lots of names. Thank you. That was a lot of reading. Lots of names and lots of numbers. Lots of names and lots of numbers. And so often people say, well, yeah, you know, when I get to one of these portions of Scripture where it's a bunch of names I can't understand and a bunch of numbers that really don't mean anything to me, uh, they kind of skip over them. Uh, how many of you guys have ever skipped over the book of Leviticus before? Uh, yeah, I've done it, okay? Uh, I've done it many times, uh, but I don't do it anymore. Uh, who can tell me? Uh, and if you already know the answer... Uh, you can't explain it yet. Uh, so who can tell me where Jesus is in this portion of Scripture? Anyone know where Jesus is? Anyone? Did we see Jesus mentioned by name? No. Um, did we see anything about a cross mentioned? Did we see anything about a virgin birth mentioned? Okay, yeah. No, on the surface, Jesus isn't mentioned at all. Uh, but what was something that was constant throughout that entire portion of Scripture that we read? Anyone know? Anything? Was that? Okay, they had sons. Uh, that is, you're so close. Uh, not daughters. No, no, that's, uh, uh, but what did the sons have? Oh, yeah, yeah. They had names. Okay, there's names, constant. Uh, how many of you guys know that your name has a meaning? Anyone know that your name has a meaning? Uh, these names all have meanings as well. Um, and these are all Hebrew names, okay? And these Hebrew names have a very distinct meaning, okay? Uh, if you do not have a piece of paper... I'm going to just write it. I never use the whiteboard, but I'm going to do it. Um, John, do you mind muting that somehow? Um, we're going to write down some names, and I'm going to write down the meetings. And guys, this is just bonus. This actually isn't, like I said, there's way too many sermons packed in here. Uh, what's the first name we see mentioned? Adam. Okay, Adam. Very good. Uh, can everyone see that? Uh, oh, here, let me. Ah, here we go. Make this easy for you guys. Aha! 
So, Adam, what's the next name we see mentioned? Seth. Seth. What is uh, the third name we see mentioned? Enosh. Enosh. Good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Uh, what's the next name? Canaan. All right. You guys remember that squeaky noise that they used to make in like elementary school? It's kind of fun. Uh, what's the next name that's mentioned? All right. That's the... The Hawaiian mark. Okay. Um, yeah, that's Hawaiian. Uh, okay. Uh, who, who's mentioned next? Jared. Finally, someone who spoke English in the Bible. Okay. Who's mentioned next? Enoch. Enoch. Who's mentioned after Enoch? Yeah, God. Okay. Uh, who's mentioned after Methuselah? That's a bad abbreviation. I'm sorry. Wow. Um, and who's mentioned after Lamech? Noah. Come on, guys. Methu. Okay, here, I'll just put a U at the end. Just do There we go. Noah. Okay. This is not the Russell Crowe. Noah. He's close, but no, not quite. Not even close, actually. Um, okay. Here's the fun part. Here's the fun part. Does anyone see anything in these names? Anyone see anything? Anything? A J. Okay, a J for Jesus. Oh, J-E-N. Oh, no, that was close. Okay. No. Here we go. I'm going to tell you what the meanings of the names are, because I said all names have meanings, right? Does anyone know what the meaning of Adam is? It's actually spelled out very... Uh, wait, who said it? Yeah, Adam means man. Okay, I'm squeaking. Okay. Does anyone know... Uh, uh, anyone besides a living? No. Uh, does anyone know what Seth means? Okay, Wesley's going to tell us because Olivia told him. Appointed. Yeah, it means appointed. Okay. All right. Bonus. Enosh. Does anyone know what Enosh means? Okay, Olivia, you can tell us. Yeah, Olivia went to youth group back when she was a kid. Awesome. All right. Wow. Eric, you were just two years ago. All right, Canaan. Canaan, his name translated from the Hebrew means death. Okay, uh, Mahalalel, our fun Hawaiian name, uh, actually does have a little bit of a Hawaiian essence to it because he means from the presence of God, the beaches of Honolulu. No, uh, from the presence of God, so I'm just going to write from presence O-G, from presence of God. Does that make sense to everyone? Fapag, maybe. Okay, so from the presence of God, does anyone know what Jared means? I'll tell you, it means one comes down. That's a really epic name. One comes down. Okay. Um, and then Enoch. Enoch was a man who lived a great life, uh, a dedicated life. And his name actually means dedicated. Uh, does anyone know what Methu's name means? Dying. Okay, it means dying he shall bring. A little fun fact for you. The year that Methuselah died is the same year that the flood happened. But... That's just a bonus. Dying he shall bring. Okay. Uh, what does Lamech mean? Lamech means to those being destroyed. How would you like to name your kid something to those being destroyed? But uh, to those being destroyed. Okay. And the Bible gives us Noah's name. Anyone see it in there? Comfort and rest. Okay. So, 
So, still names, still meanings. And when you look at them linear like that, it's just meanings. But when you put them in a long, broader sense, the genealogy literally means translated, man appointed, subject to death, but from the presence of God, one comes down, dedicating, uh, or, or dedicated, dying he shall bring to those who are being destroyed, comfort and rest. Come on. Let's say that one more time. Man, that's us. Romans tells us that the wages of sin are death, so we are appointed and subject to death. But, Romans also tells us that we have a gift of God through Jesus Christ. So from the presence of God, his name needs to be written, because that's awesome. One comes down, John chapter 1, flip back there, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. One comes down, Jesus, he lived a dedicated life, right? Okay, for the purpose he was, he came. Uh, so Jesus was dedicated. Jesus died and then rose again. But in his death, his death and resurrection brought freedom and brought the forgiveness of sins, the atonement. Um, so to those being destroyed, he has brought comfort and rest. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross that we can have an eternal life, eternal comfort, eternal rest with God in heaven. So. Whoever said the Old Testament didn't talk about Jesus, didn't know what they were talking about. Uh, and don't ever skip over names and numbers again, uh, because there's some crazy stuff. Um, and it, it's, it's diligence when we seek out what God's Word has. The Bible tells us that it is to the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is to the glory of kings to search that matter out. Okay? I'm going to give you guys just a little bit of homework. Can I give you homework? It's summer. Anyone in summer school? There you go. So for those of you in summer school, added homework load. Uh, do a little bit of a study for me. I would love it if somebody did a study for me and brought me some information next week. Let's say regarding Numbers chapter 2. Numbers chapter 2. And, oh, let's say Numbers chapter, Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. Numbers 2. Numbers 24, verse 17. Uh, some of you already had it because you were in the youth group. That's great. This isn't even a part of the sermon. Um, but yeah, do, do do some homework. Tell me what you find. Uh, guys, Jesus is on every page of the Bible. Uh, I want to let you know that Jesus is on every single page of the Bible. You just got to look because he's there. Um, and so all things that were made were made through him. And nothing was made that was made without him. Verse 4. In him was life. We're back in John chapter 1. It's a really bad segue, but we're there. Uh, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus is the light of the world. Okay? Uh, and it is because he is the light of the world that we um, we can see. And we can know that we know that we know what we believe is true. Jesus is, uh, and always has been, the light. And we talked about how uh, we gave a little bit of an example um, or a quote from uh, an early Christian leader, someone who walked and talked with the disciples. And he said, uh, in regards to this verse, that uh, it's not that the light is an existent uh, or, or, or isn't um, non existing to those who don't see it. Uh, it's just like someone who is blind in the sun 
though he cannot see the rays of the sun, they're still there. His eyes are just blinded to them. And uh, those uh, who are in the world, who have not given their heart to the Lord, uh, they don't always see the light of Christ because their eyes are blinded by the darkness. And that's what it goes on to say. It says this in verse 5, And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Uh, it being the light. So, Jesus shined his light. He shined the light in the darkness of the world. And the darkness uh, does not comprehend it. Um, the Bible says, did not comprehend it. Um, and this is referring to the Old Testament. Okay, uh, God was painting this very picture we just painted uh, from the very beginning. Okay, uh, And he was revealing himself. But the world didn't get it. Okay, And they didn't receive God. Uh, they actually rejected God. They turned to idols and they turned to things that were man-made. Um, very much like we tend to do a lot of the time. We tend to uh, make idols and say, alright God, maybe you're there. Uh, but this is here and this deserves my time. Uh, and here's a warning from us. The darkness did not comprehend it. But here's the cool part uh, because we are sensitive. This is what it says. Uh, I'm jumping all the way down to verse 14. Then we're going to jump back up to 6. But just for those who are like, man, in the darkness, I don't comprehend it. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's the deal. That light that was shining so all men could see, but the darkness couldn't comprehend it, that light, that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came and lived, and He set the example. He gave us a life to follow. He's, he's literally saying, follow me, and I will show you what it means to be the light of the world. Here's the cool thing. The light became a man, fully God and fully man, and lived a life so that we can follow his example so that we can carry his light to the darkness that still exists in the world. Verse, chapter, uh, verse 5 says... The darkness did not comprehend it. Well, guys, the darkness today is still not comprehending it. And there is a lot of darkness in this world. Uh, Ask yourself the question, uh, how dark is the world that we live in? Uh, It's pretty dark. Uh, And there are some uh, pretty horrendous things that happen in our world. And uh, we as believers in Jesus Christ, and we as followers of Christ, we are to show light and shine light in those dark places. Uh, does that mean we come in uh, with a hammer and swing away and this is what the Bible says and start bashing people? Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, we're supposed to share with truth and with love. Uh, but sometimes, for everyone who wants to use a hammer, sometimes the truth hurts. No, that's not license mm-hmm. to go hit people. Uh, but uh, we are to share the truth in love. And sometimes truth does hurt. And so sometimes we are going to have to say the hard things. But in all, we do it with grace. And in all, Jesus is to be the focal point. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Yeah, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, who is this John that's being talked about here? Okay, John the Baptist. Very good. Um, Because, I mean, if you're just picking it up for the first time, picking it up for the first time, you're like, oh, is this John who wrote this book? Okay, no, this is John the Baptist. We're going to find out just a little bit later on. Uh, But this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Um, If you would look at the other Gospels, uh, Matthew and Luke, um, you will see John the Baptist and his ministry. Uh, In 
we're going to get there probably next week. I told you we were going to get to it this week, but we're not going to. Um, John the Baptist, uh, he was a good guy, okay? He was actually Jesus' older cousin, okay? Uh, let's say Sam was Jesus. Uh, everyone say, Sam, you're not Jesus. Don't beat his ego. Yeah. Sam, you're not Jesus. There you go. Okay. Uh, but let's just say Sam was Jesus. Uh, then uh, John would be John the Baptist. About the same year differential uh, and kind of the same relationship. Not really. But uh, all right, that's good. Sam, you're not Jesus. And John, you're not John the Baptist, even though your name's John. Uh, so John the Baptist, what he did was he was a leader uh, in the Jewish community, and he was what was called a zealot, uh, and he was kind of like rebellious against like the traditional way of doing things, and he said, you know what, I ain't going to wear the cool robes with the cool tassels, and I ain't going to pray in synagogue every Sunday like this, I'm going to go out to the wilderness, dress with camel skins, uh, have a really hairy face and eat locusts. Uh, he was a renegade, but he was a renegade who loved the Lord, uh, and whom the prophet Isaiah said was preparing the way for the Lord. Uh, so what John did was John went around and he baptized people. And we're going to hear about this next week. Um, and we're going to talk about baptism next week. Uh, so I'm not even going to go any further. Come next week, or two weeks, because Pastor Dave's speaking next week. Uh, I'm not going to steal any of John's thunder from two weeks from now. Uh, and this man was a witness of the light, so that uh, all might believe. He was not the light but was sent to bear witness of that light. So at the time, people thought John the Baptist was Messiah. Okay? Does everyone know what the word Messiah means? Anyone want to take a stab at Messiah? What is Messiah? Savior. Okay? Christ would be the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Mashiach, which is the English word Messiah. So yes, Christ. Um, But what does Christ mean? Ah, the promised one. Yes, okay. Messiah, Christ, they mean the, in the actual breakdown, it's the appointed one, okay? Uh, it, it, the chosen one. Yeah, that'd be a, a, just a common English way of saying it. No, he's not a Jedi. Uh, but he, uh, that's a really bad reference. Uh, Christ the Jedi, okay. Uh, so Jesus uh, was Messiah, okay? But there were... Uh, there was a promise in the Old Testament that Messiah would come and Messiah would set up his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and that he would uh, liberate mankind. Uh, so there were people going around saying, oh, John the Baptist must be Messiah. He's come to liberate us. Look at him. He's a great leader. He's doing great things, political reform, religious reform. He's going to set us free from the Romans. Uh, but John made it very clear, I am not the one, but there is one who is coming that is greater than I referring to Jesus. Now, as we go through the book of John, uh, just prepare yourself. Not everyone believed Jesus was Messiah. And uh, so much so that he was killed for it. Um, And then later after that, um, Jews continued to say, oh, this person must be Messiah, but wasn't. Oh, this person must be Messiah. And Jews today are still waiting for Messiah. Uh, But that's going to come into play in about 20 weeks. Um, So... Yeah, that's true. Uh, 20 weeks from now. It's going to be pretty far out. Um, And that was the true light, verse 9. We're still in the Bible. Uh, That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. Uh, This is going to be a reoccurring theme that we're going to see brought up. We've already seen it brought up in a few previous verses. And it's going to be brought up continuously. 
Okay? Uh, Jesus has been making himself known since the beginning of time. We already mentioned that. Uh, he was shining light, but the darkness didn't comprehend it. We've already mentioned that. Okay? Uh, and now we see, once again, that everything was created through him, but his creation did not know him. Uh, we live in a world, uh, this is the part where we're going to take a step away from the verse by verse, and we're going to actually start kind of talking heart to heart, and like, uh, let's take this and run with this. We live in a world um, that, in many cases, does not know Jesus. They see what he has created. Uh, maybe they don't believe he created it, but they see his creation. Uh, but they don't know him. Uh, there might be some in the room tonight uh, who don't yet know Jesus. Uh, here's the cool thing. Jesus is for everyone. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is God and we believe that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. But here's the deal. We live in a world where a lot of people, they don't know Jesus. They might have heard of him. Maybe they heard him when their friend hit themselves on the hand with a hammer. Uh, but, it's the hammer again. Um, but Jesus, uh, maybe they've heard of him, but they just haven't gone anywhere with him. There's also people in this world who have never even heard the name of Jesus. Okay? How many of you guys, it's going to be goofy, but how many of you guys have ever heard of the name of Jesus? Okay? Everyone's probably heard the name of Jesus. You've heard me talk about it tonight, so everyone else raised their hand. Um, here's the thing. If you put your faith in Jesus, I'm not going to have you raise your hand to do that. You can if you want to. Uh, but... Uh, but if you put your faith in Jesus, here's the deal. What did Jesus tell people who believe in him to do? Turn with me, if you will, just a few pages back to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 says this. Okay. Verse 17. This is going to sound a little bit familiar with what we've been talking about. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some... Doubted. Okay, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, Jesus, when Jesus is back, he is raised from the dead. At this point, Jesus has been dead. For three days, and has now walked on earth for a, a good amount of days, uh, and now he is going back into heaven, and there are still people that doubt he is real. Um, and he says, hey, to all you who believe, all power has been given to me, and because all power has been given to me, and because I am with you, because of those things, now you have the power to go and to tell all people about Jesus. Uh, and this is the part where... Hopefully there's some conviction. I know I'm convicted by it every day. Um, how effective are we at telling people about Jesus? How effective... Um, I'm going to talk on a broader spectrum first, so don't stab us all right away. But how good is the church? I'm not talking about the world church, like globally. Uh, how good is the American church at uh, telling people about Jesus? Um, if we want to compare it to the global church, uh, we're doing pretty bad. We're doing pretty bad. 
Uh, now the church is doing great things. Do not get me wrong. Church is doing great things. I'm not bashing on the church. I love the church. Uh, we are the church. Church isn't a building. It's the people. I love the people. I'm, I'm part of the people. I'm not bashing on the church, but I'm saying the church can do a lot better. Uh, if we were to look at the church that's spreading uh, in the southern hemisphere, so like South America, uh, Australia, churches are booming. Okay? And people are finding Christ. Because people are saying, hey, I want to tell everybody about Jesus. I want to tell everybody about Jesus. So now here's the personal part. Uh, not just the church, because we can say, well, I'm just a number in the church. I'm doing a great job. The church is doing very good. No, let's get real. On an individual basis, in the room, each and every single one of us, if you believe in Jesus, or if you haven't, if you haven't decided to believe in Jesus yet, uh, if you haven't decided to believe in Jesus yet, how many people have told you about Jesus in the last week? That might be a slap in the face to a lot of Christians. Uh, and if you are a Christian and you claim to be a Christian, which literally means, the word Christian means little Christ. It means you are living your life, walking around in the same manner that Jesus Christ himself did. And what did he go around doing? He was proclaiming the good news, proclaiming the kingdom of God, the sick were being healed, the blind were seeing, you name it, Jesus was doing it. And so, each and every single one of us personally, that's the part where a lot of eyes went. Okay, no, I like I want eye contact. I wish I had a mirror so I could look at my own eyes too. Uh, but this is the part, guys. This is the real thing. Uh, how are you doing when it comes to telling people about Jesus? Now, I'm not just talking. I'm not just talking. You go through the Taco Bell drive-through when you get your bag and say God bless you. That's great. Even Hindus say God bless you. Okay, but they don't have Jesus. Okay, uh, how good are we doing? at telling people about Jesus. When, right, the how, that's broad, because maybe you were once good, but maybe you're not right now. Uh, when was the last time you told someone about Jesus? When was the last time you said to someone, hey, I love you so much to tell you that Jesus loves you, and that life separated from Jesus is a life that is doomed. But you can have hope because of Jesus. When was the last time you said that? For some of you, maybe it was this afternoon. And praise God. For some of you, it was on Monday. Hey, that's great. For some of you, it was last week. Congratulations. For some of us, maybe you haven't said that in a year. Maybe there's some who have never said that. And this is, I don't want to come down like I'm just like crushing you guys, okay? Because uh, this group actually is really good uh, at telling people about Jesus. Um, we have new people every week, which is Maybe a sign that people are saying, hey, Jesus is doing some stuff. Come. Uh, but I want to encourage each and every single one of you because I believe God wants to encourage us through his word. Uh, and I believe uh, the Holy Spirit would be leading us uh, to, to have a little bit of this encouragement and this little kick in the pants. Uh, we got to be telling people about Jesus. Uh, I'm going to be preaching a message this weekend. Uh, it's all about the essentials of salvation. And it's, it's, it's really, it's not hard to tell people about Jesus. Uh, it, we make it out to be some big thing, but it's really not that hard. All it takes is just saying, hey, Jesus loves you. The phrase, Jesus loves you, changes lives. It changes lives. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of someone who said, all it took was someone telling me that Jesus loves me. 
I've heard testimony of a man who had scissors in his pockets and was about to slit his wrists and jump off the Hawthorne Bridge. And someone said, Jesus loves you. And just kept walking. And the person stopped and said, what did you say? The person turns around and says, Jesus loves you. And the dude pulled the scissors out of his pockets and said, I'm going to cut my wrists and jump off the Hawthorne Bridge. Why on earth did you tell me Jesus loves me? This person went on to say it. Because he does and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And that person gave his heart to the Lord right then and there on the sidewalk. And that happens every single day. And here's the cool thing. God has uniquely placed you in a position where you can be someone who has that testimony. Where you can be someone who says, hey, Jesus loves you. Buddy Aaron, right here, white and black blazers hat. Uh, he didn't know I was going to do this, so I'm picking on him. Uh, but that's okay. Aaron, one time, went out with his hockey team. Plays hockey. He's a good hockey player. Uh, he went out with his hockey team. They went out to Red Robin. Aaron saw a guy sitting on a bench. And uh, Aaron just walked by and said, Hey, man, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And the dude was like, What on earth? The dude pulled out a gun. <laughs> We're talking, it was, was it Beaverton? Beaverton? Yeah. Yeah, Beaverton. Guy pulls out a gun in front of Red Robin. And uh, you're like, wow, this, I didn't think this was the Middle East. And the guy goes, no, I'm going to kill myself tonight. Why did you say Jesus loves me? And Aaron sat down with this guy and talked for a half hour, 45 minutes, just laid out the gospel for him. Aaron ended up taking the bullets out of the magazine, putting them in his pocket. I don't know what happened to the gun. He probably gave it back to him. Um, and the guy gave his heart to Jesus. <laughs> but the guy gave his heart to Jesus. And it didn't just stop there, because all of Aaron's hockey teammates, none of which were Christians, were looking through the little red robin windows and like, what is going on? Is that a gun? Okay, what is going on? No, they didn't say, is that a gun? Uh, but Aaron was able to go into red robin, sit down at the table with his ten buddies, and tell them, this is what Jesus does. Jesus changed lives. And all ten of them gave their heart to the Lord, and now two of them got traded, in, or three of them got traded, or in, or in a different state now, and they're still telling people about Jesus on their hockey teams, and people are getting saved. <laughs> It's crazy, guys. All it takes is Jesus loves you. Because Jesus is the light, and the light shines in the darkness. And we have the opportunity to bear that light to the darkness. And here's the crazy thing about it. People's lives are eternally changed. Not just here. Yeah, there's some epic life change here. But the Bible tells us that a life without Jesus is doomed to only one end result. And that's hell. And that's a life or an eternity separated from God. And that's crazy to even imagine. Okay? And if people are like, oh yeah, well, there's a party in hell. It's going to be great. Yeah, right? I'm on the highway to hell. ACDC. Hell's bells. Good music, but no. Uh, uh, no, not really good music. Uh, actually, yeah, okay. Uh, Sidetrack. Get back. People say, hey, hell's, hell's fine with me. I'm okay with it. Uh, they don't understand the gist of it. Okay? The Bible tells us where there will be gnashing of teeth, which legitimately means you are like doing that and teeth chunks are flying. It's crazy. For eternity. The worm never dies. Not just like the earthworm, but like the worm that eats your flesh. Okay? Uh, it's eternal, but even, even aside from that, it's eternal separation from God. And we can't even comprehend and fathom in our finite minds here on earth because we are standing on the very thing that Jesus created. So we are not separated from God. But I'm talking eternal separation from God. 
That's ridiculous. But the Bible tells us that there is a way that we can spend an eternity with God, and it is through Jesus. And so it's all about Jesus. I don't even know how I got there. Um, we're talking about Jesus? Yeah, we're talking about Jesus. No, I, I had a point. I went down the bunny rabbit trail, and now I lost it. Um, Share the gospel. Right. Yeah. Save your friend. Um, yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, that wasn't it. That's great. Uh, uh, but we are. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep moving along. Um, but guys, it's all about Jesus. Uh, and, and John bore witness of Jesus, and we have the opportunity to bear witness of Jesus. I got a little bit preachy. That's good. Um, all right, we're continuing on. Uh, verse 11. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. We talked a little bit about this. But, verse 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Here's the deal. Because of what Jesus did, we have been given the right to become children of God. Here's the deal. What it means to be children of God. Um, this is really, this blew my mind. Okay, um, When we give our hearts to the Lord, uh, we get adopted in. Okay, Ephesians chapter uh, 1 talks about that. We are adopted into the family of God. Uh, when I heard uh, adopted, and every time I've heard the word adopted up until about six months ago when we went through Ephesians, um, when I heard the word adopted, I just thought of our Western way of adoption, right? You go to an agency, you file some paperwork, uh, and then you receive your foster child. And uh, it's an adoption process. It's really cool, uh, and it's a really cool thing. And that's what I figured. We sign our proverbial paperwork with God. I've accepted Jesus into my heart. Now I'm adopted into your family. Cool. Like the spiritual foster kid in God's family, okay? But that's not what adopted means uh, in this context. Um, the the ancient way of doing adoption. This is the Hebrew way of doing adoption. When someone was adopted, um, what it literally means to be adopted is that you now receive the blessing of the firstborn. Uh, and in the Hebrew. Uh, families, uh, that was a big deal. Okay, Receiving the blessing of the firstborn. That means everything is now yours. Everything is yours. Everything that the father of that household owns is now yours. So adoption in our Western way, that's cool. Like, we're in God's family. That's great. But when we truly understand what that word adoption means, it means that now that we have become a part of God's family, the Father, He has adopted us, now we receive everything. Every blessing from God is now ours. So this is what it says. It says, And as many as received Him, He gave the right to become children of God to those who believed in His name. Not born of flesh and blood, not born of the will of man, but born of God. And this is, I mean, this is ridiculous. Think about what we just said. Because of what God has done, and because of what Jesus did for us, and now God adopts us when we put our faith in Jesus, we have been given every blessing that God has. I mean, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Do you guys know how many blessings and promises there are in God's Word? Anyone just got a random number they want to throw out? What's that? 
You don't know, Aaron? Okay, a couple thousand. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's three thousand. Okay, there's just around three thousand, give or take, uh, promises from God. How many of you guys think you could name a third of the promises of God? That's a thousand for anyone who knows math. Uh, okay, let's be real. Let's be real. And 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 don't down anyone else. Okay, because none of us are even close to a thousand. Uh, but how many of you think you can name a hundred promises of God? You don't think they can name a hundred promises of God? I think maybe collectively as a group, if we had time, and we don't have time, I'm going to be done in three minutes. Um, wow. If we had time, and we had someone who was a scribe, and write this on the whiteboard, and we were to go around the room, and you can't say the same promise more than once, and we were to work ourselves around the room, do you think the room combined could get a hundred? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe if we had a Bible, but we know where to look. Um... Christians don't know everything that we actually have. When you put your faith in Jesus, every single one of God's promises now applies to you and can be fulfilled in your life. That's not name it and claim it. That's not prosperity gospel. That's ridiculous truth. Okay? God never promised you a fancy car. Okay? So don't get your hopes up. Uh, But He promised that we will prosper. He promised... That we can have everlasting life. And that's ridiculous to me. I can't even wrap my mind around it. Uh, And we can go on and on and on about the promises of God. Uh, But we as believers, we have each and every single one of those. Here's another promise. That God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. How many of you guys ever are fearful at times? How many of you guys ever have minds that are just going all over the place? Like, what's going on? Uh, How many of you guys have ever felt weak before? Not physically, but just like mentally, emotionally, spiritually weak. Okay? Yeah, like everybody. Uh, How many of you guys have ever felt like you're not loved? Okay? Uh, It happens. But here's the deal. If you're a believer in Jesus, God hasn't given us those spirits of fear, those spirits of Weakness. He's given us the spirits of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Our minds don't have to be shooting around all the time. We can have a sound mind. That's a good promise. Here's another promise that he gave us. He promised us his Holy Spirit. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a good promise. Uh, And his Holy Spirit gives us some things, some gifts. Hey, here's one of the gifts the Holy Spirit gives us. To speak the word of God with boldness. With boldness. Anyone ever feel like they're lacking boldness in their life? Like we're talking about sharing Jesus. That's what we talked about for like the last 25 minutes. And you're like, yeah, you know what? It sounds good when I come to church on Sunday or on Tuesday night. I, I, I hear it. And God bless you. Um, and, we, and we have a hard time like putting it into action. Here's the deal. You don't have a lack of boldness. That's the enemy. That's the devil trying to hold you back. That's the devil trying to hold you back. Here's the deal. God tells us we have boldness. And we can have abundant boldness. And so we have to take a step of faith and say, alright God, I believe your promises because your word tells me those promises are for me. So I'm going to believe your promises and now I'm going to go act in boldness. Excuse me, sir. How are you doing today? Okay. You ever heard of Jesus? Well, you're at church. So I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, see guys, it's legitimately that easy. But so often, I'm going to close with this, I think. Yeah. Sorry, I know. This 
Verse by verse is always go crazy. Um, here's the thing, guys. In, in our lives, uh, here in America, uh, in the West, uh, in Oregon, in Portland even, uh, we have a lot of distractions. Uh, and there's a lot of darkness, and a lot of darkness casts a lot of shadows, and there are a lot of distractions for us. Uh, and it is easy. I'm going to be straight up honest. It's easy for me. It is easy to get a bunch of the candles together, the little lights of Christ, and all get in one little huddle and come together. We're like, look, we're the light of Christ. We're chilling on Tuesday night in this orange room. Lights. Woohoo. Uh, but then when we go out to the real world where it is dark, we kind of hide it under a bushel. No. No. Well, yeah, that's right. The little kid song says it right. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! 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 But we do. We do. The kids sing it right. We're up here singing songs like, let the amen sound from his people again. When was the last time you let the amen sound in public? We sing the song... Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Well, how many other people are seeing the light? Because you're introducing them to it. You guys kind of get what I'm saying? It's like a little spiritual cattle prod. Uh, we got to be about our Father's business. Jesus, check this out. How many of you guys are 12? No, good, because you wouldn't come here. You're 12. Emotionally 12. Bo, maybe. Oh, that Red Robin was 12. Um, he's turning 12 tonight so we can get free ice cream at Red Robin. That's bad. Um... Jesus at the age of 12. Who's the youngest person in the room? Anyone 17 in here? Anyone 18? Raise your hand if you're 18. Okay, we got some 18ers. Okay, 18 is the youngest in the room. Uh, anyone 26? Are you 26 yet? Almost. So 25 is the oldest? 25 is the oldest? Okay. Uh, so Jesus at 12. So you got 13 years on Jesus. You got 6 years on Jesus. And then some of us in there between 13 and 6. That's how many years we had on Jesus. Guys, Jesus at the age of 12 was confounding the religious teachers with his knowledge of God. Okay? Jesus was fully man. Some people are like, well, it's just because he was God. He knew everything. Okay? He was also fully man. He had to learn the same way we have to learn. At 12. At 12. And then when his parents said, what are you doing, Jesus? He said, did you not know I must be about my father's business? If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, now God is your father. And what is the father's business? What did Jesus say? He said, I have come to seek and save the lost. God is our father if we put our faith in Jesus. And so as followers of Christ, we should be about our father's business. And our Father's business is to seek and save the lost. Our Father's business is not to go get an amazing degree. Our Father's business is not about to attain as much wealth as we can. Our Father's business is not about going kayaking or whatever. Those things are all great. I'm not telling you not to go get a degree. I'm not telling you to aspire to do well in life. I'm not telling you not to go kayaking. But those things should not be our main purposes in life. But especially at this age... Especially at this age. I'm 24. Okay? For the majority of the view in the room, I'm older than you. Okay? I've been in your shoes. Corey, I've been, you've been in mine. Okay? Uh, I think, Brad, you're a little older than me, too. So, you, uh, that's how it works. Um, 
Guys, at this age, it is so easy for us to get distracted. How many of you are in college right now? It is very easy to get so caught up in, I need to get the degree. I need to get the degree. I did it, guys. I went to four years of college. I got a degree. But do you know what my college experience was? Drive up, park, get out of the car, go to class, sit down, take notes, draw pictures, take a test, leave. Drive home. I wasted some time in college, guys. I wasted some time that I'm never going to have back. Now, I'm glad God kind of punched me in the face when I was still in college and said, no, you need to tell some classmates about Jesus. And I'm happy that some of my classmates in college have given their heart to the Lord as a result of me sharing my faith. But I have some years I wasted where I was like, i got to get the degree. i got to get to Starbucks. i got to... I worked at Starbucks, so I had to go to work. Uh, like, and I drank the coffee. Uh, but I had to get, I had, I, I, and I forgot the purpose of why I'm here. And that is to seek and to save the lost. And I don't do the saving, but I share the light with them. I share the light with them. You've probably heard me say it, you've heard Pastor Dave say it many times. Uh, the two greatest days in a person's life is when they're born and the day they realize why they were born. The day they realize why they were born. The reason why you were born, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, is to see how many people can see the light that you are shining. That you are shining. I'm going to close with this. I know I already said that. Um, We're called, uh, Matthew tells us that we are called to be a city on a hill, set apart, uh, whose light is on a lampstand for all to see. For all to see. And we should be shining bright. I'm going to close with this. And I really mean this. So, Bo, can you come up and play guitar uh, behind me so I don't keep going? Um, How many of you guys know something about boats? Anyone know anything about boats? Yeah, they float. Uh, Boats have anchors. Anchors are a really biblical thing. Uh, Anchors like the coolest thing ever. Uh, But how many of you guys know in life there's a lot of storms? Okay? There's a lot of storms in life. Uh, The ship, okay, the boat, uh, boats have been described, or the church has been described in history uh, as a boat being tossed to and fro in the seas of life. And sometimes there are storms in our life and our boat gets crashed around, okay? Now here's the thing. Boats, they need something. Boats need light to be able to see when it's stormy and when it's dark. And the darkness can't comprehend the light, right? Okay? So if there's no light shining, boats crash all the time. So now let's think of every person in the world as a boat, okay? We all track and every person in the world is a boat. It's like one just big Thomas the Tugboat thing, okay? And Everyone's a boat. That's not a real thing. Okay. Uh, Everyone in the world's a boat. And there's a light. Okay. How many of you guys have ever been to the beach before? Anyone ever see a lighthouse before? Okay. Uh, If if you haven't ever seen a lighthouse, look at Sam's forearm. But here's the deal lighthouses are there to save boats from crashing. To save boats from crashing. And without lighthouses, boats crash. And lighthouse lights, they shine very, very bright. Okay? They shine very bright. And they can pierce through the darkness. Now we, each and every single one of us, we 
If you put your faith in Jesus, you contain a light that shines very bright in the darkness. And that light is Jesus. Remember, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us. He was the light of the world, and in the light was the light, and the light was the light of men. That is in us. If you put your faith in Jesus, you contain the light of the world. And so you can be a lighthouse when people's boats float around and crash it. You see, people need us. Not because we're anything special, but we're, because we're carrying the most special thing there is. Okay? And people need us. People in this world need us to be about our Father's business. And so if we're not about our Father's business, if we're not telling people about Jesus each and every single day with every breath we have proclaiming the name of Jesus, then we're doing something wrong. And we're letting boats crash up against the rocks. We're letting boats sink. Now, does the light actually send a hand out there and drag the ship at the shore? No. Ships can still see lighthouses and say, you know what? I don't remember that lighthouse being there last time. I'm going to go this way. And they still crash. But they have a much better chance at making it into the harbor if they follow the light. And we have the opportunity to be that light. And God forbid we have that light bulb, but we never put it in the silo and let it shine to everybody. Light was never just meant to be, look at me, I got my special little light bulb. It's my light bulb. Rockin' my baby light bulb. Take you to the grave with me light bulb. No, light bulbs were meant to be put in the light and shine. So shine the light. I'm going to invite all you guys to stand. <laughs> I'll always make space as well. But I'm going to invite you guys to stand. I'm going to invite you guys to close your eyes. And I'd normally have us turn the lights off, but since we're talking about lights shining, I think it would be wrong for us to turn the lights off. I'm going to ask us all to close our eyes. Because there might be some here in this room tonight who are hearing this for the first time. There might be some who heard it before but have never said, I want that light. I want Jesus. And so if that's you tonight, I would be remiss as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ if the gospel was preached and there was not an opportunity for someone to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if there's anyone in the room tonight, the Bible tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is God and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if there is anyone here who has never said, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity just raise your hand. Only I'm looking around. Only I'm looking around. Amen. No hands went up. That's okay. I'm just going to assume that means we've all given our hearts to the Lord. So now here's the part where we can all have the opportunity to raise our hand. You've got that light, but you've been letting Satan blow it out. You've got that light, but you've been hiding it under a bushel. And it's time we say no. It's time we say no. God promised us that we could have boldness. God promised us that He could give us a spirit of fear. And God encouraged us and gave us the example to be about our Father's business. And so tonight, if you are here and you're hearing this, and maybe it's giving you the spiritual cattle prop, and you're like, man, i got to be about my Father's business. If that's you, I want you raise your hand. Raise your hand. And raise it high. Raise it high. I'm going to ask you if you feel comfortable 
you feel comfortable, take a step out from your seat, and I want you to come down to the front. If you're comfortable, take a step down to the front, because we're going to pray for you tonight. We're going to pray that tonight, those who raised their hands, who said, I want to be about my father's business, I want to share the word of God with boldness, I don't want to sit back and just let boats crash, let people spend an eternity away from God. But I want to have boldness to share the word of God everywhere I go. We're going to pray for you guys tonight. And then I'm going to invite anyone who's seen raise their hand. And you just want to come and pray for somebody and say, hey, I want to pray with you because I'm believing with you. That the boldness of the Holy Spirit will flow through you. And you will be all about our Father's business. So I'm just going to invite you guys. If you want to come just lay hands on someone, feel free to. I'm going to pray for all these folks here. And then we're going to worship God together. Amen. Well, dear God, we just thank you so much. God, we thank you that your word is perfect. God, that your word changes lives. God, we thank you that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. God, and we thank you that to those who believe you have given the right for us to become sons and daughters of Christ. God, we thank you for adopting us. God, we thank you for giving us the blessings and the promises. God, and we just pray right now, God, for those who raised their hands and said, I want more boldness. God, I pray that the lies of the enemy would be cast away from their ears. God, that the bushels that they've been, the baskets they've been putting over the camel, God, that they would be stripped away. And God, that their light would shine with boldness. That their light would shine with vibrance. That their light would shine and there's nothing to drown it out. God, that each and every single one of these individuals would be known as someone who lets their light shine, that they would be about their Father's business, and that people's lives would be changed for eternity because of the faith, the boldness, and the obedience of each and every single one of these. God, I pray tonight that you would just confirm even in their hearts, God, that you have done a work in them. And that God, tonight, even tonight, God, that they would be able to step out and pull us and be able to express Jesus to someone. God, and for everyone else here tonight, Lord God, hands raised, hands not raised, God, everyone in this room, God, we thank you for your word. God, and we want to live for you. God, we want to live God, we want nothing more than to make great the name of Jesus. To make great the name of Jesus. So God, we pray that in all we do, each and every single one of us would be filled new with your spirit. God, give us power. God, give us love. Give us a sound mind. God, and may we know who you are and what you have done. And God, for each and every single one of us. God, I pray that you would continue to mold us into the people that you have created us to be. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. You are so great. You are so worthy to be praised. God, we pray all these things. This is wonderful. Beautiful Jesus Christ. And all God's saints said, Amen. Amen. Give someone a hug. Grab a seat. We're undone. This is round one.
you guys don't have to. You guys don't have to sit. If you don't want to. You can stand. Uh, but we're gonna just. Uh, I'm gonna just ask each and every single one of us. Uh, Bo's gonna start playing again, uh, and and we're gonna just uh, sing, sing in this worship song. Um, someone knocked something down on his guitar. Got out of tune. Uh, but we're gonna sing this worship song, guys. The worship song we're singing. Uh, it just talks about God taking us out. Uh, and, and really asking God, hey, I want you to stretch me. I want you to give me some boldness. I want your spirit to lead me uh, where, where I, I might be wandering, but I can stand knowing that I got God on my side. And so I'm just going to invite you guys all to stand. Uh, the words, we don't have the words. Uh, Bo's still tuning. Praise Jesus for tuners. Uh, we don't have the words, so if you know it, sing it. If you don't know it, don't sing it. But... Uh, it works, Bo. Um, there you go. Spirit, me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my 